TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozolik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Wozolik. I'm Dr. Yana James. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this week we're talking about inflammation. And I know that can kind of sound like maybe like a boring topic, but... Yeah, it's not that sexy, is it? <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but what we know is our modern diets are chronically inflammatory, and that's linked to a plethora of problems and diseases and... What are you giggling about? It's a good Brett? word, plethora. I like, <laughs> I like it. I thought you were giggling at about. I was giggling at that too. I did that on the inside, and then I yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, we'll get on to our topic today, which is inflammation. Yep. Um, so, if you've been listening to our previous podcasts, you know he's lost it again. <laughs> Just keep saying a boot, a boot, a boot. <laughs> um, so, on our previous episodes, you know we've we've spoken about Dr. James Chestnut before, who's a chiropractor, a wellness advocate, and. Um, I just love the guy. He's just awesome. So he has this little thing that he talks about where he says, you know, there's this guy and he's going home to have a dinner that consists of a beer alongside a hot dog and some pizza. And his body is rejecting that food so badly that it's given him reflux. And rather than stop eating the food that his body's trying to get rid of and reject, he just goes and has some Mylanta or some Tums or some... some, uh, uh, Nexium or something like that to prevent his body from having a normal response to food that's not good. And look, I, I can certainly relate to that. Um, before I became gluten free and before I cut out a whole heap of stuff in my diet, I used to have reflux. And it was probably the most embarrassing part of being a chiropractor was going through, you know, a bottle of Mylanta a fortnight, that sort of thing. And I couldn't seem to figure out what it was that was causing my reflux until I sort of put two and two together and went, you know what, I probably should look at what the hell I'm eating. And because, uh, and, of course, I thought I was eating healthy. I was doing the whole grain, you know, that sort of thing. And then someone sort of mentioned that gluten can have that effect. And, and then the tides changed and I, you know, pretty much as soon as I cut them out, I didn't have reflux anymore. So um, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because our body has a normal response to an environment, a natural good response to the environment. Um, and we shouldn't be trying to um, uh, over overpower what our body naturally wants to do. I know Brett's got a... Uh, yeah, well, I guess this is what we want to talk about with inflammation, because inflammation is a smart response. It's an intelligent thing for your body to do, right? There's a lot of times and a lot of scenarios where inflammation is a really good thing. We want to make sure your body's doing it. But for a lot of people in our society, they're over-inflamed bodies, that the inflammation they've got going on is actually their body doing a really smart response to a really poor environment. You know, the, the, the position they've put themselves in in terms of their diet, their lifestyle, their exercise is meaning that their body's constantly trying to battle these sort of stresses and toxins. Um, so your body's responding in a smart way, but it's having to do it way too much because you're stressing your body out way too much, basically. Yeah, and so that's that's putting it basically into what we see is, this, I guess, two categories of inflammation, right? There's acute inflammation. Mm. So if you get a splinter in your finger, your body goes through an inflammatory process to try and heal that wound or to basically mount an attack on the splinter increases blood supply which makes it hot also makes it turn red and it also makes it swell um, and in that response it 
it'll also mobilize some white blood cells to try and deal with any infection that might come along from that trauma. And, uh, and in time, it'll push that splinter out and then your body will heal. So that's a one-time acute trauma that your body is responding to how it's supposed to, to keep you safe, keep you alive. And, you know, everything your body does is to keep you alive in that moment. Um, but what tends to happen is that we then have this chronic stressor, sort of like, I guess, putting, you know, if we're talking about gut inflammation, which we've spoken about a lot before and having that leaky gut, it's like having thousands of splinters in your gut and continually adding more fuel to the fire and just making your body have that continual inflammatory response to try and deal with it, um, which leads to, to cells changing um, function, really. Yeah, and that's not just in your gut. That can be no. anywhere in your body. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's the point with inflammation. Like, people tend to think of inflammation, and they'll think of, like, maybe an inflamed joint, or maybe, um, you know, like, like, they think of it as just the, the really basic sort of swelling and inflammation that we hear about, but they, they just don't realize how many different things in your body this affects. I mean, even to the point of really simple things, like, you know, the amount of times I hear people come into the practice with something that ends in itis, right? And yeah. basically, for those who don't know... Anything that ends in itis means it's inflammation, right? So, so people come in and say, look, I've got bursitis, right? What that means is that your bursa is inflamed, right? It doesn't tell you anything about how it got there, why it got there, what caused it, what the actual underlying problem is. All it tells you is that that particular thing is inflamed, right? The same with colitis, the same with, you know, all the different itises that are out there. Gastritis, rhinitis, tonsillitis. Yeah, and, and so people think of this itis as a diagnosis. They think that, well, now that I've got the diagnosis, I know how to treat it and I can go and get something to remove that inflammation. But what they don't realize is that they're not getting any idea about what has actually caused that in the first place. And if you don't figure out what's actually caused that inflammation in the first place, then you don't have a possible hope of dealing with the actual problem and getting to the underlying cause of the problem and resolving it long term. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just because you remove your tonsils, for example, with tonsillitis, mm. doesn't mean you've removed the cause of the inflammation and you know, you're still going to be inflamed in other areas of your body. Yeah, yeah and well, I mean... The tonsils are a great example because very often if you remove the tonsils, like they're the barrier that stops stuff from going out into your lungs. So what you see with people who have their tonsils out is all of a sudden, oh, I'm getting more chest infections. You know, I don't get infections as often, but when I do, gee, they go right down to my chest. And you go, well, that kind of makes sense because yeah. those body parts are there for a reason. You know, yeah. they're, you, they're just not added in extras just there for the sake of it. Like they're all <laughs> there for a reason. You have no optional extra body parts when you're born. Yeah need all of them and it, I mean it certainly goes for things like bursitis as you were saying and, and just going and having a cortisone injection to you know relieve the inflammation or mm. the pain associated with that it doesn't get rid of the cause of the problem the reason that bursa is there is because it's trying to protect you from something your body's gone well usually holy crap these muscles are really tired these tendons are rubbing and it's going to cause some damage in time so I'm going to swell that bursa up to protect the area you go and inject it and bring that swelling down then the problem's still there except your body hasn't got a way to deal with that problem anymore and it leads to further issues yeah which leads us right into the anti-inflammatory drugs as well so like just because you're you feel better like your head your headache goes away or your back pain is feels better it doesn't mean you've removed the actual cause of that pain you haven't like you've decreased the inflammation but you haven't actually gotten to the underlying cause of the inflammation and you know that allows you to actually do more damage as well yeah. because you don't you don't necessarily feel you're, you're not getting the signals from your body that are telling you that you're doing something that's that's hurting it that's right yeah, and not to mention putting yourself at risk of the adverse reactions from those drugs i mean all you need to do you don't even have to look back that far look back to something like viox which was removed off of the market i don't know in the last decade or two i can't remember exactly when that was but 
you know, violence killed hundreds of thousands of people, right? This drug that was there that most of them were taking for a simple inflammatory response in some part of their body, it might have been, it might have been a bursitis, it might have been, you know, an arthritis, an irritation somewhere in their body. And because they were trying to relieve some, often some simple muscular pain or, or some simple joint pain, that they actually, they actually died as a result of that because they didn't deal with why it was inflamed in the first place, which is just crazy. Yeah. So let's move on from talking about, I suppose, what we tend to associate with those um, musculoskeletal issues of inflammation and talk about the chronic diseases that are involved with inflammation. So there is a whole host of chronic mm. diseases, and it seems like just about every chronic disease we can name has has been linked to inflammation. So things like asthma, allergies, uh, arthritis, we've already spoken about, heart disease, that's mm. a big one with inflammation, diabetes, another massive inflammation one, and that's also, um, or type 1, is, is a autoimmune response. And that, again, is inflammation, you know, it, it's part of the process of autoimmunity is creating or mounting an inflammatory response to deal with a pathogen. Um, cancer. Obesity, definitely, we know that's linked with inflammation. Um, our gut fat actually produces inflammatory products. Um, depression is another one that was really interesting. And I read a, a quote um, from Paleo Diet Lifestyle that said that um, the exact mechanism of depression isn't understood yet, but patients who are taking the pro-inflammatory drug interferon for hepatitis, they suffer from severe depression and higher suicide rates than patients on any other drug so that's that's really interesting we don't quite understand why inflammation is linked with depression but we do know that when you have inflammation your body produces cytokines and they actually cross your blood brain barrier and get into your brain and cause an inflamed brain and what we know as cars is that when your nervous system gets inflammation around it it doesn't function how it should right so we don't quite understand the mechanism but we know that when you have stuff going on that shouldn't be going on it doesn't perform right yeah and i think one of the other things we don't necessarily know is whether it's actually the inflammation that causes these problems or whether it's what causes the inflammation yeah. that's causing these problems oh, and absolutely. that may well be the case as well and yeah. so and if that is the case then then by coming in and just trying to treat the inflammation without treating the, the cause of the problem, you know, you may not be actually having an effect on that at all. You know, that, that cause of the problem may well still be there. So it's important to understand not just that there's inflammation there, but what's causing the inflammation. I think I've said that like five times already. I, I hope you get that that's important. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the cholesterol thing, right? Exactly so, what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, we're blaming cholesterol, but it's not the cholesterol's fault. The cholesterol is there to help your body heal and mend. Um, I know I was at a, a talk just recently and um, Dr. Todd Gignac was talking about the fact that disease and bacteria are attracted to dying and decaying tissue um, in the same way that the rats are attracted to a garbage pile. And I know that I think this has been a weekly sticky before that, yeah. that you know, we look at a garbage pile and blame the rats for bringing the garbage pile because every time the garbage pile's there, so are the rats. But yeah. it's not that the rats are there bringing the garbage, it's that the garbage is there and the rats are attracted to it. So. Yeah, well, you know, I like fishing, right? It's the same concept when you're fishing. You've got the little fishing lure and basically what you're trying to do is make your fishing lure look like a sick dying fish because right? <laughs> you want to be like that weakling that's kind of limping along that the fish is going to go hey there's an easy meal and so it's kind of the same thing isn't yeah it? it is it really is so it's not it's yeah yeah so well let's let's talk <laughs> then about the causes of inflammation so we definitely have a few dietary factors and we've talked about these before in 
in our introduction to paleo episodes. So we know that sugar, for example, uh, causes inflammation. We know trans fats cause inflammation. We talk a lot about how grains cause inflammation, mm. um, which would include grain-fed meat as well. So the fat in that grain-fed meat is going to be inflammatory because of the high amount of omega-6s in that. That's such a good point because we see so many studies saying that meat causes inflammation, meat's bad for you, meat causes cancer. However, when you delve a little bit into those studies, it shows that those studies are not performed particularly well. And mm. I, I have not yet one, seen one where they've performed it on grass-fed meat it's always grain fed meat yeah which is the key point isn't it because we know that omega-6s are pro-inflammatory we know that omega-3s are anti-inflammatory and i know we've mentioned this before on this podcast but it's important to mention again that you know those ratios of omega-6 to omega-3 they can be up to 20 to 1 in a grain fed meat right and they can be as low as 1 to 4 to 1 in a grass-fed meat right so it's a massive difference in terms of that anti-inflammatory pro-inflammatory balance um, so if you're doing the study using the wrong type of meat, the wrong quality of meat, of course you're going to get a massive difference. Yeah, and just look at, let's look at some oils too. So we've talked about cottonseed oil and safflower oil and stuff. Mm. So not only not only do these industrial seed oils have high omega-6 values, but they also have high trans fat values. They're also rancid fats. So these are things your body can't deal with properly, mm. hence the inflammation. inflammation. Yeah. I skipped a couple of diseases I just want to go back to because I think they're quite interesting. I forgot to mention Alzheimer's, which is mm. uh, which I guess would link uh, to like, like similar brain, depression barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, osteoporosis, which is huge, and that's on the rise. Not you know we sort of have been marketed to that it's it's uh, mm. women that need to be worried about osteoporosis, but it's not. It's a, across both sexes, um, and also our skin. So again, for for people that are um, maybe in, in beauty industries and that sort of thing, you definitely want to be looking at your your diet if you want to prevent wrinkles and signs of aging. Yeah. Not so, that's very vain of me, but yeah. So just coming back to those those foods, I guess, that are causing inflammation, you know, we obviously we spoke about the grains. I think it's important to look at, you know, all the different grains that are out there as well because often we're talking about, you know, some of the things like those, what we call the pseudo-grains, which are like maybe not necessarily grains, um, and people say, well, this is the healthier option. You know, it's higher in protein, it's lower in gluten, all those sort of things. But, you know, in terms of the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio, some of those are pretty extreme. I, I think it was amaranth I was looking at that's got an almost 50 to 1 ratio of omega-6 to omega-3. Wow. So it's really important to be having a look at these, you know, pro and anti-inflammatory balance and getting your balance of omega-3s and omega-6s right is super important. Mm-hmm. But then there's obviously the other pollutants as well. So you've got smoking, you've got... Um, beauty products like cleaning products uh, alcohol uh, you know just pollution in the air all of these things and we're talking about these are things that your body isn't really designed to cope with um, causing these inflammatory responses so any anything like that would would yeah. cause this problem yeah and another one that's really important is dairy and you know the easiest way to, to see this and I see this all the time is in, in people and often kids who are eating lots of dairy and you just see that mucus build up, you know, because we know that that mucus is a sign of inflammation as well. And so you just see that mucus build up, like whether it's snot, whether it's sinusitis, congestion, and, and they're just kind of blocked up and, and stuffed up. 
because because the dairy they're consuming the large amounts of dairy and and often just the simplest thing of just cutting the dairy out you know swapping from from cow's milk to almond milk can make a massive difference in terms of those sinuses yeah, definitely and that makes sense because you know we, we were talking about in our dairy episode that um, proteins and proteins in dairy actually cause a bigger insulin rise than uh, than glucose and so that's really interesting because insulin is an inflammatory hormone in the body um, it's definitely related to um, being produced during stress and just Brett talking about the the dairy thing I know for me um, I don't seem to be too bad with dairy on its own, but once I incorporate sugar and dairy, then I, my mucus production is off the charts, right? So it's the dairy is not doing me any favors, even when I don't feel it, but it's when I combine it with sugar that I get that additional effect or that um, accumulation of enough stress that my body just can't cope anymore. And so that's, that's probably something that's um, worth talking about is that sometimes you don't notice that this is going on because you haven't accumulated enough stress to feel it yet, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. And so we've talked about, I guess, dietary stresses, but we can definitely talk about um, the other stresses in your life. So mm. just work stress, for example, or, yeah. you know, being stuck in traffic. Yeah. Time, money, you know, <laughs> all of those stresses because of the way they switch on the stress response in your body. And so we, we speak about that a lot on this show and it's really important, but understanding that stress response and how that switches on and then how that affects your adrenaline and cortisol levels, how that affects your insulin response in your body. You, you can really tie that right through and show how that emotional stress can actually cause physical inflammation in your body. Um, and that's really important to understand how that process works. Yeah, and Brett talking about um, stress causing, you know, um, insulin and that sugar craving stuff that we've talked about before. Mm. And sugar is incredibly, incredibly inflammatory, especially for blood vessels and nerve endings. And when we talk about um, type 2 diabetics who, you know, either lose their sight or end up with ulcers and perhaps lose their limbs, that's all due to the inflammation caused by sugar um, that is getting into blood vessels, damaging nerve endings. And there's a really good website that talks about sugar and cholesterol um and that is oh, i've written it down where is it the eating academy it used to be called war on insulin now it's called the eating academy and there's some really good extremely in-depth blog blog posts about um sugar and and uh, and cal- uh, cholesterol and inflammation yeah so obviously we've spoken about the, the food causes of inflammation we've spoken about the stress and it's really important to talk about the movement uh, aspect of inflammation as well and so, you know, a large part of that in our modern societies, it, there's really two things. The, the one is the fact that we're just not moving enough. Um, and we know in terms of that stress response in our body that movement is actually just so important. In fact, it's a vital nutrient that your body just doesn't function without. And so if you're not moving your body enough, you are actually stressing it out. You're, you're actually stressing and causing inflammation in your body. Um, and the other thing is often that kind of goes hand in hand with that movement is what we would call repetitive microtrauma. Right? So very often in our day-to-day lives in our modern society, not only are we, are we not moving enough, but often the movement we do is really repetitive. You know, whether that's you know, RSI from clicking away at the keyboard, whether that's you know, shoveling, whether it's you know, factory work, whatever it is that you do in your day-to-day job that you're doing you know, over and over again. I mean, for Yana and I, it might be you know, bending over adjusting people. You know, whatever you're doing repeatedly over and over again, those little stresses are going to be building up and causing inflammation in your body as well and, and stressing your body out. So it's really important to understand that, that particularly that lack of movement. Um, you know, we, we see in our society now that office workers can be spending, well, are spending on average 16 hours a day sitting down. That's huge, you know, That was an amazing study done by the Chiropractic Association here in Australia, actually. And so, 
you know, that's just really pro-inflammatory and stressful for your body as well. It's just not getting enough movement. Yeah, so we can we can kind of take one of these, you know, problems as an example. So if we look at osteoporosis, right? So the recommendations, drink, eat, drink lots of milk, have mm. lots of dairy. So <laughs> we've just talked about how osteoporosis is linked to inflammation. Yeah. And we've just talked about all sorts of ways to decrease your inflammation. So cutting back on the dairy, making sure you get exercise. These are tend to be things that might not be recommended for someone with osteoporosis, but mm. yet when we look at the bigger picture and we look at the body's responses, you can kind of see how that might be just looking at the symptom as opposed to looking at the cause. And we also know that vitamin D can help be anti-inflammatory as well. So making sure that you're getting outside and getting lots of sunlight. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, I guess we've spoken about the the problems here, like what's causing all this inflammation, and it's pretty clear that it's our modern diets and our modern lifestyles in general mm-hmm. um, that are really pro-inflammatory. So, let's let's start talking about some solutions about where we can go from here. Yeah. So, you often hear of the two things that I hear all the time are eat turmeric and ginger. If you have arthritis, eat turmeric and ginger. But and like, well, those might be really good solutions. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to like mow down on a. <laughs> Uh, like whatever you call it, of ginger, a knob. Um, And those, I guess, in this context, tend to be looked at as a superfood. So yeah, just sprinkle some turmeric on your sandwich and you'll be all good. But (laughs) but really, we're really trying to look at these, of of course, removing the inflammatory foods, which would be a major... uh, Yeah, exactly, ideal. Stop trying to combat the inflammation with something that does anti-inflammation. Just take out the thing that causes the inflammation. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like trying to eat a Big Mac and then putting in an extra lettuce leaf and like, that's going to be fine, (laughs) you know? It's like, yeah, sure, putting a little bit of turmeric might be good and might be a bit anti-inflammatory, but if you don't look at the whole picture you're not going to get the results. Yeah. But of course, you know, your green vegetables uh, will help with that. Uh, Probiotics, so those bacteria and things in your gut to help increase that, um, the gut health. Omega-3s, we've talked a lot about omega-3s, of course, but it's worth reiterating that those are really what counterbalance the omega-6s. So we're looking at the fish sources and the grass-fed meats and eggs. Yeah, and I think, you know, one that's probably overlooked but is so, so important is water. Increase your intake of water because that's going to help you flush toxins from your system. And that fits in really nicely with exercise as well because if you don't move your body around, you don't pump your lymphatic system and get rid of toxins. If you don't move your body around, you don't pump your organs and also get rid of any toxins around them. So it, that movement is, is so crucial for so many functions in our body that we just don't even give it credit for. Yeah, and that just makes perfect sense. Like you look at, I guess, a sports injury, you know, and it used to be that if you had like an inflamed, swollen joint from a sports injury, they'd say to you, oh, just sit still and don't do anything, you know, lie <laughs> down and hope it goes away. And what they're now saying is, well, the sooner you can get moving, the better, right? Because as soon as you start moving, that's helping to move around that inflammation. It's helping to clear out that waste because because that's a large part of what the inflammation is. It's a release of those healing chemicals into your body to start healing that area. But it's also then helping to flush away all the waste and all the byproducts of that healing. You know, yeah. it's like a building site. You know, you're building stuff, but you've also built producing a lot of waste that you need to get rid of too. Yeah. So. That makes perfect sense that that movement is going to be really important for helping to flush that out. And we've heard a lot of testimonials, be it just from the various people we've talked to, various blogs we listen to, and um, my mom actually. You know, people can can really heal these problems with with changing their diet, with doing paleo, with exercising. I know my mom when she started paleo was for cholesterol reasons, but one of the first things she said to me, like 
early on, like honestly, I'm thinking like maybe week one, I can't remember exactly, but she says, you know, funny thing, my arthritis went away. Hmm. And this was, she hadn't done research on paleo. She hadn't read that that was a possible, a possibility. Hmm. That was just something that happened, you know, hmm. as a result of changing her diet. And, you know, she wasn't, uh, her stress levels didn't change. Her exercise didn't change. So, um, but she's someone who had always kind of tested pretty much everything. You've heard of like the copper hmm. bracelets, the hmm. different things to put in your tea, like all sorts of things to combat this this arthritis, but really the solution was just so simple and it went away. Hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. And, and that's one of the problems I think we have sometimes with paleo is that it can almost be too simple. Like people kind of look at it and go, well, it can't be just as simple as like eating the right food and exercising. Like it's got to be more to it than that. We've got to find some superfood or some super drug or something, you know, when in reality it's just about keeping it simple. It's about doing the basics well. Um, and I think that's the case with a lot of these things. You know, people with these conditions and, and whatever label you've been given, you know, people think, oh, well, this is, you know, this is a big deal. Like, this is more than just diet and exercise. You know, I can't just do diet and exercise. And, and you know what, they may be right. It, it might be more than just diet and exercise that needs to happen in their particular case. But you know what, it's certainly not going to hurt. You know, if you get the diet right, if you get the exercise, if you manage your stress levels, then, you know, there are, there are a lot of people who that alone has been enough. Um, and there are a lot of other people who that perhaps hasn't been enough, but gee, it's made a big difference. And they're, and they're doing a whole lot better with a healthy lifestyle than they were with an unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah, and definitely, you know, what we see pretty much unanimous, unanimously across the board is when you start removing those processed foods and that unreal food and increasing your intake of good fats and, and you know, good quality food, um, you'll lose some kilos. Mm. Um, and usually around your midriff and that midriff fat, that, that abdominal fat, as I said earlier, is, is very hormonally active and very much so in the hormones that actually lead to inflammation. So it's that, you know, yes, you're reducing inflammation through your body by having stuff that doesn't actually set off your immune response. But secondly, you're, you're reducing inflammation because your body's not setting off its own immune response within itself. Um, so that's a really crucial one. Another one that's really important is sleep. Got to get some sleep, people. We just yeah. don't sleep enough. And I, I'm as guilty as the next person. I try and get myself to bed early. But, you know, it's so hard to get to bed by mm. 10 o'clock. I get up at 6, so I'm looking at wanting to have an 8-hour sleep. And to get into bed at 10 o'clock, there's so much to do. <laughs> However, <laughs> when you push it, you don't actually get that much productivity done the next day because you're not 100% focused and probably inflamed and affecting your brain function and yeah, all those yeah. sorts of things. So, Well, because the inflammation is your body trying to do that healing, isn't it? So mm. it makes sense that when you're sleeping, that's when your body does a lot of that healing. It's going to be able to get a lot of it done and take away the need for that inflammation, which, yeah. is, which just makes sense. And and I think, you know, the exercise is a really important part of that as well. You know, we spoke about, the, I guess, the exercise and how that links in with the stress response and the insulin response. And so, you know, making sure you're getting some regular exercise is going to be a really important part of that. Um, and also making sure that you're getting the full benefit of that exercise, you know, functionally and neurologically is really important. So obviously, for Yana and I as chiropractors, we know that when your spine's functioning well, you know, 80% of that feedback back to your brain actually comes from your spine. So when your spine's functioning well, then you're getting that neurological stimulation back to your brain. You're doing a better job of that de-stressing, of switching off that stress response, which is going to help you with the insulin response. It's going to help you with your inflammatory response, as well as a whole range of other things. So, so you know, exercising well in combination with some chiropractic care to make sure things are functioning well can be a really important part of this process. 
Yeah, well, I just remember that chronic cardio switches on the stress response. Yes. So we are... It's in the right way. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, oh, did I say that wrong? No, 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 that that was right. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, so important to do, like, listen to our other episodes. We talk a lot about fitness and and the quote-unquote right ways to exercise, or at least the more effective ways to exercise. Yeah, we interviewed... um, Next week's episode will be with Abel James, and he's talking about... Um, chronic cardio and, and, and how he changed his approach to exercise and, and was doing marathons and was quite inflamed and um, and then changed to doing sprints. So you'll really want to tune into next week's episode. It's, it's, it was a good one. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate really, like Yana was saying, that you feel like you have to get so much done in a day mm. and you just don't make time for that sleep or for that you time or any time to relax and I understand look I I, as a coach I see people from all different areas like especially busy moms or or parents Mm. and and it really can be really stressful to always have you know something go 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 but you know that if you are not optimally healthy you're not going to be able to help your family or um, or yourself stay healthy essentially so it is important as as much as you can struggle you know as much as you battle with yourself and say well it's too selfish for me to go read a book right now or it's too selfish for me to like leave my family and go for a walk those are really important things that should be focused on just as much as you know taking your kids to school and and whatnot that's all going to build part of your healthy family yeah so look i guess the wrap up for us here is to understand that you know, whatever you've got going on in your body, whatever inflammatory response is going on in your body, whether that's got some label or it doesn't have a label, <laughs> you know, is to understand that it's not just a genetic thing. You know, it's not just a bad luck thing. It's not just an injury you've got that you can't do anything about. It's actually that you can have a massive impact on the inflammation in your body, you know. And it's as simple as just looking at, okay, what are the things that are pro-inflammatory? And and which of those am I doing in my lifestyle? How can I minimize those pro-inflammatory things and help reduce that stress and strain I'm putting on my body? And then have a look at, okay, what are the things that are anti-inflammatory? And I think we've given you plenty of ideas throughout this episode on, on both sides of that equation. And so... It's now as simple as saying, well, okay, how can I start making some steps? How can I start making some changes to decrease this inflammatory response in the body? Because you can have a massive influence on it. It's it, so of many of these, whether it's arthritis, whether you know, whatever it is, so many people have been told, well, it's just what it is. You're getting old. You have to deal with it. It's just the way it is. Just, it's really important for our fans to understand you can influence it. Yeah, and look, one of the, th- the things that I love to point out to people is that, you know, your body recreates itself every seven years. It's, mm. There's different eight, uh, time frames for every type of cell in your body, but pretty much by se- the, the time seven years has passed, your body will be a completely different body, and it rebuilds itself based on the environment you're in. So if you put it in the best environment, you're going to get the best quality body. If you put it in a crappy environment, you're going to get a slightly less good quality body. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's important to remember that it takes seven years. Right? Yeah, so that's it's right. Not, it's not you know, like don't, tomorrow. Don't think you're going to change your diet tomorrow and everything's going to heal, right? You're going to change your diet tomorrow. It's going to give everything a chance to start healing, yeah. but that healing takes time as well. Yeah, and the people who've been listening to our episodes up until now, I think, what did we say? We're up to episode 16 or something. I, so, yeah. I forget. So you have listened to our past episodes. You've listened to our introduction to paleo. I expect a lot of you have already made changes. So you're already working towards these anti-inflammatory mm. um, habits, let's say. Uh, but, but you know, a lot of you will have 
come across things like heart disease and diabetes and depression and things listening to this show. So what we really want to emphasize today is that your body's really smart and it'll deal with these things given the right situations, which includes not just food. It does include the emotional state and the physical state as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So look, hopefully we've given you lots of tools. You can get started if you haven't already. Um, but this is something we're really passionate about and it will come up in probably virtually every episode from now well and since the beginning as well because it, it is linked as you can as you can see to so many different things so until next week check us out on facebook share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Dr. Lawrence Tam here from The Wellness Guy Show. You know, the big ahas in life happen mostly when we're out of our normal, everyday environment, right? If you're in need of some big light bulb moments and want to do it in a very luxurious surrounding like Fiji, well, I got something for you. Our first chat girls, Kim Morrison, Cindy O'Meara, Karen Smith, and my boys, the Damien Kristoff, Brett Hill from The Wellness Guys, and myself will be hanging out at the Western Resort and Spa in Fiji. We'll love to have you to be part of our first BFO wellness retreat in September. We're taking a small group of people to immerse themselves in discovering life purpose, physical health, and well-being. It'll be three days and two nights of unforgettable memories, definitely some massive breakthroughs, and of course, we're going to have lots of fun. For more information or book your spot, please go to shop.thewellnesscouch.com. That's shop dot the and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Take care.